Welcome to the 360T Podcast, a series that features top industry professionals offering unique insights regarding how the FX market is developing around us. Hello and welcome to the 360T Podcast. I'm very excited today because I'm joined not by one, not by two, but by three guests. So that people can recognize your voice as we start this discussion, maybe we'll just go around the group and quickly introduce ourselves. Ladies first, we'll start with you, Lydia. Thank you, thank you. My name is Lydia Solinsky. I'm a part of 360T, specifically um, looking after market data products and uh, happy to be on this podcast. Hello, my name is Per Joost. I'm the head of sales at Digitech. Digitech is probably best known for our product, 53 Pricing Engine for FX swaps and forwards. And we are now a close partner with 360 for, I think, almost five years now and building together the swaps data feed. And uh, last but hopefully not least, my name is Simon Baitz. I'm Deputy Head of EMEA at 360 and also in charge of some of the projects like the data feed. So it seems that everyone wants to be in the market data business these days, you know. Data is the new oil. People talk about the data economy, et cetera, et cetera. So, Pei, for you then, what factors differentiate a market data provider today? Yeah, that's true. Um, data is all around us, and today it's manageable. And there are many market data providers these days out there, from very large data providers to very specialized data providers. Coming from our perspective, especially FX swaps and forwards, it's not that there is a lot of data these days around, and I think that's due to many facts, because not everyone, for example, is willing to share their data. And even though there's a lot more competition than like 10 years ago, it's really hard to identify the data that is really helpful to your business. And yeah, really to scan the market for the right market data and the right provider that would fit into your product. And I guess that's also the main reason why FX still is not entirely digital. And I guess that will change over the next few years. Lydia, we've kind of seen this trend play out in the platform space as well, right? Increasingly, more and more platforms are trying to package and sell market data to people. Perhaps it's because of brokerages getting compressed or just a new revenue stream. It seems to be an attractive business for platforms these days. So what makes the data that one platform is selling better or more valuable to me than another? I think when you question you know, what is good data and how you assess the quality of an underlying source of data, is whether the underlying data is relevant and what that relevance is. So for example, if you look at the market data we've created, such as the swap data feed, there's two components that make it extremely relevant and one being the actual source. So we're directly connecting to now just over 20 banks who provide their composite data towards this market data feed. And the fact that we're going straight to the source, we're requesting the same from every single bank. So we're going straight to their pricing engines, getting their curves, treat them all equally. And, you know, that means we're treating everybody the same and we're coming from exactly the same angle straight to the horse's mouth. And secondly, in addition to the kind of the quality of that data and of the source, we're using, I guess, one of the most premium products out there in the creation of that curve. So, you know, as Pear mentioned, using their D3 pricing engine where, I mean, these guys have built specifically what is required for the market to manage holiday dates, to manage the curve, to manage the different intricacies of every currency. So, you know, using best-in-class technology, but then also getting the data straight from the raw source, I think really sets us apart from other market data feeds specifically within the spot space. So there's one thing I want to drill down into a little bit there, which is Pear alluded to the fact that there hasn't been traditionally a lot of good quality, accurate data in the kind of forwards and swap space. 
Simon, it's not a secret that the FX swaps market is now around 50% of the overall FX market. It's a very important part of the FX market. And you can look at the BIS data. It's been growing rapidly for a number of years. Given the size of this market within FX, why hasn't there traditionally been very good data available in this product segment? Traditionally, the data definitely was there and still is there. The question is how it is packaged. And I think the companies like Digitech are extremely important because with a product like D3 that enables you to produce the forward curve and automate the production and this distribution of these prices across the venues, this is what made such a big difference. Traditionally, the swap prices were produced by swap traders and they came together based on the broker information, the interaction between the clients in the market and their opinion of where the market should be. Digitalization started with spot first, which makes most sense because it's the fastest, the quickest market. And of course, each price differential is very important. The swap was just neglected for a very long time. And I think this is just what we are trying to do. We are bringing efficiency and transparency in a market that traditionally didn't have that. Hey, I want to get your thoughts. When you're building out a new data feed, how do you solve the chicken and egg problem? And by that, I mean the data feed only has value once people are contributing to it, but you need to get people contributing to it before it's valuable for them to consider doing it. Our idea to tackle it, well, we had a few perks that allowed us to develop such a product. First of all, we had this strong network, especially 360T's global presence helped a lot. And also at that time, 30 plus clients who were all potential contributors to such a product were quite helpful. Next to that, we have the software, uh, D3 at the backbone of the SDF and also the main distribution channel. Next to that, we had the neutrality, which is, I think, in my opinion, one of the key aspects because it allowed us to build such a product because of the position of the two companies. We are not market makers. We are not banks. So that's really important. And last but not least, we had a great idea and something to give. All the SDF contributors are getting the SDF rates free of charge. And yeah, we literally traveled the world to visit our clients and present the idea and everyone liked it from the beginning. I think especially due to the perks that I mentioned before, we quite quickly managed to build the product. Simon, from your perspective, how did you go about building critical mass around the Swaps data feed then? I mean, the obvious reason is, of course, great sales. Not sales, I think the vision is the one. At the beginning, of course, like you said, it's a chicken and egg question. So what you do is you give them the vision. You explain them that you're going to have local contributors in the markets like the Scandinavians, you will have contributors in Asia, you will have contributors in Europe, Eastern Europe, South America, and so on. And once they understand the vision that we have, then it was much easier because they have seen 360T has the contributors, has the connectivity. With Digitech, we have a knowledgeable partner and a right software, and this is how we started. Of course, with all products is that you need a couple of early starters. Unfortunately, due to the regulatory reasons, we are not allowed to mention them, but I am buying them a pint of beer whenever I need them, yes. <laughs> so Lydia, from your perspective then, how challenging or not was it to sell this vision? It was challenging. And I think to add to, to both Per and Simon's points, I think the reason why we were able to overcome that challenge and to now have you know, just over 20 banks contributing was that whilst we had a vision, we were able to create a solution to a problem. And 
fortunately, and um, maybe in accordance to the design and to the commercial structure around the fact that every contributor actually received the data free of charge. So it's almost like a partnership. The actual data was a solution to the actual contributor also, not only the consumer. And I think that was instrumental to the success and the proliferation of all the various contributors to the feed. And, you know, just looking at the swaps market, taking a step back, this is Simon did at the beginning of the podcast, swaps is going through a huge evolution. And in order to bring electronification to the swaps market, you require streaming data as the very core of that structure. And the banks who contributed into this feed, they knew that. And I remember one anecdote whereby there was a bank who we had very good relationships with across the board, definitely a friend of GCPTs. They understood the value proposition, what we were doing. They didn't like it. They said it was very disruptive. And they essentially said no. A couple of weeks later, they called us back after a few angry emails saying they're not totally on board what we're doing. And they said, fundamentally, the horse is bolted. Swaps is moving towards a more electronic world. And they don't want to be left behind. So they put both feet in and are one of our most firm contributors into the data feed. Really interesting. Really interesting. And Simon, obviously, the data only has value once you're using it, right? So can you talk me through what are the use cases that you've seen for this data, for the SDF in particular, I'm thinking? It's a lot of different business cases. And, you know, it makes us very happy since we have something to sell also for years to come. But the most obvious ones are reference. That means you have your own pricing. You want to make sure that uh, your pricing across the currency pairs, across the yield curve, is exact, that you're not off market. So that is the most obvious one. And this is also, I would say, it's more than 60% of all the cases why a client would use our data. Second is what we see is specialization in the banking world. That means that banks would specialize in a, a selected number of currency pairs. However, their clients would want that the bank is supporting them across the board of the different currency pairs. So if you have a very reliable data source, a very exact data source, what you can just do is, you know, you just take the data source, you say for the core ones, I'll do it manually, I'll do it myself. For non-core currencies, I'll use the SDF. I'm able to service my clients. On the other side, I have no risk of uh, showing a wrong price to the client. A niche, but a very important part is also, for instance, arbitrage. So the swap data feed is one of the very few ones representing the OTC market very well. So you have a selected number of clients that are arbitraging between listed and OTC products, and they take the SDF as the representation of the OTC market. That would be, let's say, the top three use cases. Lydia, obviously, one of the interesting things about 360T is that we support a very diverse client base from hugely sophisticated, no-touch trading firms to you know, people who are kind of at the other end of the scale and taking their first kind of steps in towards electronic trading. Do you see the use cases for the STF varying significantly by client type? Yes, definitely by client type, uh, which I'll go into in a second, but equally within the client. So you know, having been an LP manager, for example, managing liquidity through CT, where I do have kind of relationships with the banks, I found that when we try and have these conversations with various banks who look to consume our data, you're not only speaking to the head of trading, you're speaking to the head of compliance, you're speaking to the COO of the business, which gives us completely new introductions to different touch points within existing organizations which makes my job much more interesting because you meet new people, you tend to understand the business from a bank perspective in a very different manner. 
And I think it really diversifies 360T and, and what they can offer today and what they will be able to offer tomorrow. So that's one thing that really varies within the institution. But secondly, it does vary across client type. And again, it really feeds into some of the key buzzwords and the key constraints around trading effects today for other clients. For example, you've got the buy side market who aren't necessarily looking into the specific at that present moment quality of their pricing, but they are starting to look at the management of their orders and they are starting to profile their liquidity baskets. And a lot of it's coming from a regulatory perspective. So I think that the client use cases, there's different pressures behind them, whether it's a risk factor, whether it's a compliance factor, whether it's an audit factor. But the use cases are very broad and absolutely vary across bank clients to institutional clients to even corporates. Obviously, we have a huge number of corporate clients on our platform. And the way that they do revaluations, they're also looking to get the most accurate data. And given that I think the nature of data we provide in the swap data feed wasn't made available before in its granularity, that's helping them to a great degree in almost optimizing their trading processes. A question for you, Pat, and it's one that I'm very interested in because I think it's an important one for the industry broadly, which is, do you view data as a democratizing force in FX? Or do you actually view that actually having access to data is more likely to sort of divide the market into haves and have-nots? It's definitely a democratizing force, yes. And that's due to the fact that technology, for example, like the 3 or 360 platform is available to more and more participants of the market. And that is due to things like cloud hosting, for example. Technology is getting more affordable and at the same time more important. And it allows you to deal with the market data. And now that there is more competition on the market data side, there are also suitable market data products for any size of a business. And I think that's a good development for a market like the FX market here. Simon, your perspective that, do you agree that data is a democratizing force in foreign exchange? So because I come from an ex-socialist country, you think that my view is different. (laughs) (laughs) What happens is, I would add to what Pierre said, it's not democratization, it's actually commoditization. The ethics in itself is being commoditized. It's nothing special. In the old days, of course, you would have the local market makers. You would have huge market makers for German mark. You would have for Swiss francs and even Austrian shilling or other currencies. But now this is gone. First of all, you have the major currencies that are really important and the rest is just somewhere on the outskirts. And what happens now is that the ethics in itself is not for the vast majority. If we take out the top 10 banks for the vast majority of other banks, the ethics is just one of the products they are offering to their own clients. And this is where it comes through N60T data feed. It's just giving them the opportunity to offer to their client a full service with, let's say, normal price and good security that they're going to earn their own margin or markup, and that's it. And then we move on and try to do something else with your client and move on. And this is what's happening. There's a lot of talk at the moment about financial markets in general becoming much more data-driven, which I think is a fairly accurate statement at this point. Lydia, to what extent and, and how are you seeing this real focus on data as a driving force of business and trading decisions? How are you seeing that play out in FX? The data is absolutely driving the financial markets. You can actually see it, you know, having come from the sell side and data has always or has longer been a driving force through the assessment and evaluation of client portfolios to the understanding of hedging and markets. That trend, and I've seen it even more so in the last six to 12 months, 
is definitely um, now populating itself in the buy side market, whereby the buy side are, you know, to Simon's point about democratization, they are now wanting to access the same data. They are hiring more quants. They are working with trading systems and system providers like 360T to help their optimization processes, which are all linked to thresholds against certain points of data. And that's kind of causing a systemic shift in the nature of person who actually works with NFX as well, which actually means that we all need to diversify. You know, some of us may have a scientific background or engineering background, in which data is an easy subject. Others have been in the market and have incredible experience and a very handheld feeling about what the market is. And they too need to diversify and understand the value that data has. So I think two things is one, it has data has caused everyone to think on their feet and pivot and understand how data can optimize their business. But I think fundamentally, this is a positive thing for all clients. I think it brings transparency and more control and a much better conversation and much more valuable dialogue between the market maker and the market consumer. Pair, your thoughts. Are you seeing people generally become more sophisticated in FX around how they're thinking about and using data? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are seeing this firsthand. More and more of our clients approaching us with many ideas around how to deal with data and how future algorithms could look like. And it's entirely data-driven what we're doing today. And to figure out where really the data can be used in, in what use case, how your algorithm should look like uh, to reach the highest level of automation from the pricing to the trading. That's really the main challenge of this year, I guess, and the coming years. And I think there's still a lot to do, especially for software companies like us. More market data companies are popping up. So now um, the technology side has to deal with that. And yeah, it's definitely the future of FX that we will see a huge data-driven business that will reach a very high level of automation also in swaps and forwards. Obviously, we've only scratched the surface today on this topic. And as we discussed, data is only going to become a more important part of people's FX trading activity. So I suspect uh, at some stage we'll have to come back and do this all over again. But until then, thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the 360T podcast. Check the 360T website to catch up on past episodes and find new listings.